This is Brand USA Talks Travel, elevating the conversation about international travel to the United States. Here's your host, Mark Lapidus. I'm happy to inform our listeners that Don and I are now roommates. How do you like your new office space so far, Don? No, I tell you what, we've been here a few hours, Mark, and we're so grateful to Chris and the team here. This is definitely an upgrade to our team to have uh, facilities such as this and such beautiful collaborative space. So thrilled. My guest today is Don Welsh. Thanks for coming back to Brand USA Talks Travel, Don. I guess I didn't scare you off the first time, which is a good sign. Now you were a great uh, interview. Since 2016, Don has been serving as president and CEO of Destinations International. Don's 35-plus years in travel includes leadership positions in Indianapolis, Seattle, and Chicago. Don, why is the annual DI convention title reimagined this year? You know, we try to come up with a theme every year, Mark, that is probably sort of reflective of the environment and the conditions that we're facing, which are always changing. But we thought the theme this year was sort of conducive to some of the changes. If you look what's taking place in the meetings and events world, all the destinations right now are having to work with the event planners to determine coming out of the pandemic and realizing that a lot of business was conducted virtually. How do you really now develop compelling programs to warrant people getting on airplanes, staying in hotels, incurring the expense to be at a live meeting, in-person meeting, rather than virtually doing it? Right, because people do think twice now, don't they? They do, they do. And I think it's causing the destination in many cases and all involved in the planning that meeting to be much more collaborative. And in many cases, we're seeing that the same criteria that goes into planning an individual visit, leisure travel, whatever it may be, people want to experience the destination. They don't want to be locked in a meeting room. They want to experience it. They want to be in the local restaurants and do things the locals do. But how do you do that now effectively and efficiently when there is a large meeting taking place? or any size meeting. And especially since there's so many conventions and travel, there are a lot of them. Yeah, there are. The other thing we're seeing also is that coming out of the pandemic, we're having in many destinations spend a lot more time coming up with strategies and articulating to the elected community the value proposition of why continued funding or additional funding is necessary to get back in many cases to pre-pandemic levels. So that's sort of is reimagining traditional ways we've interacted with key stakeholders. So reimagine Destination International's 20 2023 annual convention is July 18th through July 20th in Dallas, Texas. It must be tough selecting host cities when you have so many constituents, Don. What's your process? First of all, we're very fortunate to have a really engaged group of members. You know, with the convention now getting up to 1,500, probably eventually 2,000 people, it sort of determines a rather finite list of destinations in North America. We had an excellent event last year in Toronto, and we felt as though it was time to come down into the U.S. market and trying to be in a location with a great airport and great convention center and all the things you look at. We sent out a small number of RFPs uh, to destinations that had shown interest to potentially host the event. And our good friend Craig Davis in uh, Dallas, Texas responded. We then went to the destination, looked, of course, at the headquarter hotel that we would need, additional hotels, and then event space and the convention center. And we're pleased to say that we uh, got that done in about 60 days, which is uh, an accelerated process. How about next year? The good news is I think we're way down the road where we need to be in a great location for 24 and also 25. So ideally, we'd like to be eventually two years out so we can tell everybody where to plan to be for our annual convention. And we're getting close. That's really nice. One of the many things I love about DI is something you share in common with Brand USA. 
destinations can participate regardless of size or budget. Do you think that's clear to everybody in the industry? Because when I talk to people, it isn't always clear. You know, over the last five years, we've worked very closely with all the different size budgeted destinations in North America to sort of come up with pricing strategies that make sense. We never want price to be a point where someone can't have access and information and education for their teams, Right. whether it's two people or whether it's 200 people. And I do think that going back to our conversations when we sat with Chris and the team at Brand USA, you know, one assumes that you don't need help in the tier one gateway cities. And we work with those as well. But where I believed we have an opportunity, and I think we've been somewhat successful, is working together to make sure the opportunities with Brand USA and all of its programs are at least understood and affordable affordable to destinations in smaller categories, because I know the inclusivity of everybody being able to participate to some extent was very important to Chris and the team here. So that is a continuing process. So how do you think we get the word out about that? I think we get the word out, number one, through the channels of brand. And we also work very closely at all of our events because brand is one of our top partners and sponsors. Everything we do that allows exposure of brands initiatives. And then we also talk about it through our various communication channels. And realizing now for many destinations, the global international markets are very important, whether it's a gateway city or again, or benefiting from some tour programs now that are bringing international visitors to a destination. You can see that has taken place throughout the United States. Your speakers this year include Sint Marshall, CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. Do you know what she's speaking about? You know, we've had a chance to uh, read a little bit about Sint and also uh, her rise within that organization. We do know that she's the only female NBA CEO. And I've got to believe that her story, she's going to be talking about how she moved in the business world and had success there. I know that she and Mark Cuban, you know, the owner of the team, work hand in hand. We're going to have a great facilitator on the discussion, and we can't wait. And she's just come out with a brand new book talking about leadership skills and how she sort of arrived at where she is today. So we're really, really thrilled about it. And she was the first speaker we were able to lock in. One of the workshops scheduled at DI's convention that caught my eye is titled Creating Trust in Media. Sounds like a tough putt. Can you describe it a bit? Mark really threw well, Caitlin Blizzard has made this an important initiative within the communications team and marketing team to continue to grow the media, both domestically and globally, to understand the mission of what we do. And I'm really pleased to say this year, we've got a lot of media that will be on site in Dallas to the point where we can begin having conversations with the media about what is important to them. What is a newsworthy story to them? And we actually have sessions set up, and I believe we're already at 20 well-respected media, and I wouldn't be surprised if that number continues to grow. We know that media play a really important role of reporting what we do as an industry, and we want to find a way to be more effective communicators for them and vice versa. Does this include both domestic and international journalists? Yes, it does. Fantastic. And what a terrific name, Caitlin Blizzard. It sounds like she's a reporter on Channel 9. She could be. (laughs) Anybody in travel who's worked on the sponsorship end of conferences will be green with envy when they see DI's sponsorship page on your website. What's the key to your success in attracting sponsors? Well, first of all, we're very pleased that probably by the time we arrive in Dallas, we may be surpassing 700 destination members in 20 plus countries. So I think when you continue to have that type of membership base, there are companies and organizations that somehow, if tourism and travel is an important initiative to them, in some cases, they've found us. More importantly, we have an incredible leader, Kim Bach, who oversees our partnership development organization. But Kim also has a very engaged partnership committee 
where we've got our partners now making introductions to their friends and business leaders that Mm -hmm. has become this exponential growth. So you're right. We're very blessed and fortunate that not only do they bring important revenue to the organization, but Mark, they also bring incredible content. And realizing the fluidity that we're in right now in terms of needing data yesterday, many of these companies have it. And I'm pleased to say that that number continues to grow. And um, we work very hard to make sure all the partners that come in see a return on their investment as well. You know, we've had a lot of conversations at Brand USA about first-party data because without it, everybody's in trouble. You know, things are changing so rapidly. Safari was the first browser to drop cookies. Chrome is going to do it. Privacy is top of mind for everybody. And so I hope everyone that's listening to this podcast will get on that first-party data bandwagon. First of all, the CMOs have taken on this incredible responsibility of now becoming data analysts in many cases, because when they're looking at media buys, traditionally, they used to be much stable. You know, you could put it out for the year. Now they're making media buys, in some cases, by the day, the week. And you need the data and analytics to somehow make intelligent decisions. Yeah, readjusting media is key today, that's for sure. I see a number of career development opportunities being offered. Can you explain the CDME path? CDME is our gold standard in terms of education. It's been in the organization, I think this is our 11th or 12th year. Close to 500 people have gone through this very comprehensive education program where it is all done in person, face-to-face. I've sort of understood now in my eighth year here, I'm not CDME, but I have a chance to go to all the CDME sessions, or many of them. And I know the professors and the teachers that are responsible for developing this really unique curriculum and data are highly respected industry leaders. And the interesting thing I've seen about CDME, Mark, is that when people complete this, it's usually about a three-year process to get it done on average. This is the group of people that when they're finished and they've gone through this with their colleagues, they're lifelong friends. This is your lifeline group that when you need help on a business issue, and I know many morph into personal relationships, pretty cool to watch this, but their work has never been more important. And I'm pleased to say that in Dallas, I think we're already sold out for the CDME sessions that will be done there. Nice. Am I pushing my luck in asking you what it stands for? CDME, Certified Destination Management Executive. And how about a brief description of the 2023 Visitor Services Summit? The Visitor Services Summit is going to be actually part of a program that's going to take place in Little Rock, Arkansas. We know that visitor services in many, many years were brick and mortar locations in a city to where people would come into, whether they were there for a two or three day vacation for their leisure, whether you were welcoming people, you lived in the community, you'd go there. That is still very relevant in many destinations, but what we're starting to see is the same things we talked about, data and technology. You need to have the information in advance before the person arrives there. Right. This is really the hands-on group. These are the women and men that are manning these facilities, being responsible for creating the ongoing visitation as to what's unique and different in their destinations today, and that will be part of the overall program that's going to take place in Little Rock. Once people get in that career path, do they stay in it for a long time? I think if you look Look at the verticals, the silos, whatever you want to call them, the people to get in. But I have seen for the people that have chosen to work in visitor services, very, very committed to their destination. They are the go-to people to understand what's taking place, what you really need to see when you go there. So they seem to be this great repository of knowledge and data that somehow they're just having to augment how they deliver that information in this era of technology. I don't know many people that work in that particular area. I just don't come in contact with them that often here at Brand USA, but I will tell you that the few that I've met seem extremely passionate. 
They are. And I think they're the same people in many cases. A lot of destinations are fortunate to have volunteer um, staffs of people that will be in locations in multiple cities. In many cases, you'll see them wearing a certain color uniform to identify with the city. And many cases, these people have just come up through being good citizens and being very active in their communities. And again, providing that one-on-one personal service that can never be replaced. So for those who haven't registered yet for the convention, is there still room for them to do so? Mark, I would encourage those that are interested in attending this year's annual convention in Dallas, don't wait, because based on what we've seen since we went live with the information for this year and registration information, we uh, are seeing incredible response to it. There are a couple other major conventions taking place while ours is in Dallas that is causing that compression issue and space availability. So if you're serious, go ahead and do it. Don, it's always such a pleasure spending time with you. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Mark, enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you. And again, it goes without saying we're grateful for the support of Brand USA. And I'll see you around the office, Don. We are thrilled to be here. As I said to you, this is a significant upgrade for the team and myself to be here in these beautiful offices of Brand USA and also to have this continued collaboration that's so important to all of us. So thank you. Welcome to you and your staff to 1725 I Street, Suite 100, Washington, D.C. For visitors who come to see us, we're only two blocks from the White House, which is perhaps the best selfie shot in America. Yeah, having just been here for a couple days now, this is definitely uh, an incredible location and we're just thrilled and honored to be here. Thank you. And I'd like to let our listeners know that we're planning to do this podcast live from DI's annual convention, so please drop by in Dallas and say hello. That's Brand USA Talks Travel. I'm Mark Lapidus. Thanks for listening. Your feedback is welcome. Email us at podcast at thebrandusa.com or call 202-793-6256. Brand USA Talks Travel is produced by Asher Mirovich, who also composes music and sound. Engineering by Brian Watkins. Please share this podcast with your friends in the travel industry. You may also enjoy many of our archived episodes, which you can find on your favorite podcast platform. Safe travels.